Today, in the Weekly Kingdom Outlook, we're going to talk about the power of love in our giving. Let's go. Hey folks, Apostle Lewis here with you. Glad to have you. For me, it's a Monday. Depending if you're listening to this on podcasts, which I release on Tuesday, and the video comes out on Wednesdays, you can always subscribe to the podcast. If you'd like to, just go to lewisdca.com or go to your podcast, Apple, or whatever you use, and just look up Lewis DCN Ministries and see if it comes up for you there. Of course, you can always go to my uh, website. You can click on podcast. There is an RSS link, and you can get onto it that way as well. Well, God bless you. Also, just want to announce real quick, we do have School of Prophets. It has been fantastic. And the people are so excited. The community is building. If you want to be a part of that, I'm going to show the JPEG right now. You'll see on the JPEG a number. Just text the number in there and then download the Gate Church of Jacksonville app. And that logo is going to be up over this shoulder. Nope, I think it's going to be this shoulder right there. That's where it should be. And make sure you get that logo. You have the right app. There's a lot of gates out there as far as churches. So make sure you get the right one there. And uh, and then we'll put you in the group. You'll get into the app. You have to download the app because that's where we do it if you want to watch it. Also, you want to create a profile on the app so we can see you and then put you into the private group of the School of the Prophets so that you can have community in there. And a lot of the people are talking. I'm not interfering with it. They're talking. They're chatting. I love that, and I hope that keeps going. Uh, this week, which you won't be in time for by the time you hear this, unless you listen to the podcast, this Tuesday night, there'll be breakout sessions of people will be prophesying to each other and praying for each other, and I am so looking forward to that. I love releasing the people to do that, and that's what we're going to be doing. So that is fantastic. All right, I want to talk. I, I actually preached a little, I preached a really, to me, a powerful message yesterday on going from love to faith. And how, how could you have faith in someone you don't know loves you? And a lot of people struggle in their faith because they haven't settled in their hearts and in their souls that God loves them. So when things don't go their way, they take that as a sign as God not loving them. But the scriptures are clear. God absolutely loves you. Matter of fact, man, he is infatuated with you. He loves you so much. And he really is about your well-being. Okay? And he really is about providing for you and taking care of you and all those things. So you want to sit there and maybe go and check that one out. Again, if you download the Gate Church app, it's right on there in the media section. You could see all the past messages. And by the way, you could still pick up and see the last School of the Prophets meetings. Because even though you have to be part of the group to be in the group chat and to get prophetic words... You don't have to be to watch. You can always go back and watch all the School of the Prophets and catch up. So it's a lot of fun doing that. And uh, we love having everyone who can be a part of that. So it's free. I do take up an offering. I don't take it up hard. If you want to give, you can always give uh, and support it. So we don't do that hard. We're, we're not like taking 30 minutes on the offering or anything like that. All right. But I do want to teach you an offering here. And, you know, when I first got saved, I loved God. I mean, I felt I did. I was learning how to express that love. I was learning how to obey His voice. All those things were true. 
but I was overwhelmed with God's love for me and that he forgave me. And, and, and I didn't just have this like, I didn't have a walk down the aisle moment. I, I had six weeks of meditating on something I heard where my heart was awakened and I couldn't shut it off. And it wasn't that I wanted to. I wasn't trying to shut it off. I was just trying to figure out what to do. And, and the Lord, you know, really came to me in a powerful way and changed my life. I, I, I woke up the next day after I accepted the Lord around three or four o'clock in the afternoon on a Monday. When I woke up the next morning, I knew I was, I woke up completely different. I, I was completely changed. I didn't think in curse words. I didn't cuss. My language changed. He really gave me a, a real new life in him. And then the next day, that was a Tuesday, the Wednesday, I got baptized. And, um, you know, my life's never been the same since. It doesn't mean I haven't had struggles. It doesn't mean I haven't had sin. Because um, uh, I don't want to tell you, I don't want to lie about that. Who wants to lie? But I, I, he has always been with me. And it took me a while to really learn. Because, you know, you, you, you know some churches are preaching that, everything's offensive to God and he's angry with you. It was always like God was outside, like, you know, outside ready to whip me, you know. He was, he was ready to take me to, to the woodshed every day in my life. And you know what? It's not that God was pleased with everything I did, but God, I don't do that to my kids. You know, as a father, and all my kids are grown now, my daughter still lives with my son, still in college, so he'll be home with us in a couple months. Um... My other son's married. You know, they don't. Everything they do is not perfect. And when they sin, I'm more than happy to tell them that. But for the most part, my kids are pretty fantastic to me. Um, I love them. Doesn't mean they don't have their struggles. Doesn't mean they don't have things to grow in. They all certainly do. I mean, come on, they came from me. But um, you know, I, I've never made my kids. I've never, I never separated myself from my children. So even when they sinned, I, I was not the guy who sent them to the room for an hour. I never did that stuff, by the way. Never did that stuff. But I would explain to them if I... I only, I only had to spank my kids a couple times because I explained to them, I don't want to have to spank you. I want you to hear my voice. I want you to not do the things I ask you not to do. And I want you to hear my voice so it doesn't have to come to a spanking. You know, and there were times where it, you know, about twice with each of them. That's about it. But my kids, uh, you know, grew up learning to listen to me when I had something to say. You know, now look, my oldest is more independent now, you know, and he's married. So I don't expect him to listen to my voice the same way. Um, he's married. He's got a wife. They got to navigate their lives together. And that takes, that takes navigation. That takes help. And um, I love them. And... Um, I just pray for a minute. I just spent some time in prayer. It's so fun just to, you know, I'm, I'm, I come from you right from the place that I spend time meeting the Lord in prayer uh, every day. And so uh, that's what the Lord wanted me to do. I'm so excited about that. So let's, I had to learn how to love. And I did things out of obedience, right? I'm doing it. It's the right thing to do. But there was a greater way. Okay, there's a greater way to be a son, a child of God, a daughter of God. There's a greater way. And that is through love. Obey these commandments. First, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy might. I'm going to love him with everything I got. Well, now I've got to know how to express that love. It can't be words only. 
You know, Jesus said that with their lips they draw near to me, but their hearts are far from me. You know, he's quoting Isaiah, I do believe. So, in other words, it can't be in speech only. It's got to be in action. It's got to be in faith. It's got to be in doing the things that express love. So let me say this. My wife had to tell me three times, do not cook for her this week. Because I cooked every night. I'm on a 40-day fast. And I'm almost midway part. I'm just a couple of days away from being midway through. And actually tonight, uh, three weeks from 6 p.m. tonight, I will be entering my, 20, my last day. Which I'll come off the fast during that day. i got to fly out the 41st day. And I've got to get off the fast and get set up for travel. I can't do that. And then go straight onto a plane. you got to give your body some time. And... Um, she had to beg me not to. Why? Because um, I was gonna, I, I'd feed her every night. I, I've been preparing for her every night. And she's like, oh, don't do that. Don't do that. But I'm still going to do it. Don't let her kid you. Um, because it makes, it, it expresses love to her. She comes home. I've been having the plate, her dinner on the table. I, I track her. I know when she's getting close and I make the food and I, put it on the dinner table for her and she comes in and takes off her shoes and she can sit down and have a meal and relax and that's an expression of see that love for her that's my wife's love language my wife's love language is acts of kindness so when i do that for my wife when i make sure there's no dishes in the sink when I when I do the laundry, by the way, I do the laundry. I do I do my laundry. She does hers. She, everything's indelicate with her. She don't trust me. I've kind of screwed that up a couple of times. Um, but I do my laundry. I'll make her do my laundry. I I um, make the bed. I uh, change the sheets. You know, I'm the one who washes them. She hates doing bedding. Um, these little things that you know is how I express love to her because my love language is affection, touch. Okay, so for her, her love language is different than mine. Now, I can go up and just give her hugs and say, I love you, but there's a pile of dishes in the sink. And it doesn't express the love to her the right way. So now I'm going to tell you, number one, what God's love language is. And God's love language is obedience and love. That's his love language. It's obedience. In other words, when we, when we visit the orphan... Because he told us to, right? And express our love. That's love. It's obedience. I can't be, I can't, um, I can't tell God I love him and not do what he asks of me. But there's another step beyond that. And that's where you go the extra mile. In other words, so like some people when it comes to the tithe, they literally just tithe. That's all they do. They have the same amount every week, you know. Just tithe. That's all they do. all they do and they don't go beyond that they don't express more love and so I, I want you to see this we're going to read from 2nd Corinthians 8 I did a quick one yesterday at church but I'm going to do a long one today we've got plenty of time on the podcast to do it we're not in a hurry and since this is my podcast we can go as long as we want all right but Love is the principal thing. Now, we're giving in faith, but we can't give in faith without love because then we have nothing. And that's 1 Corinthians 13. 
So why is it that we focus on faith and not love? Because I'm going to tell you the truth. When I'm in love, I have abundance of faith. That's my key. When I really love people, I have the faith to endure. I have the patience. I have the heart. I, this People go, how, do you, how are you so patient with people? Because of love. When someone violates that love with me, when someone's just violating that, they're not on the same wavelength as me, that's a problem with me. You know, if they're just after me for things and I can sense that, then that's my problem. That's my problem. All right, here we go. Moreover, brethren, we make known to you the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. All right. Now, I want you to see something. I'm going to take a lot of time going through this. Paul is specifically pointing out that there's a grace of God that came upon the Macedonian churches that's not upon the Corinthian churches. He's pointing this out. And he says that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy. In other words, they were still afflicted, but they were in joy of the Lord. And their deep poverty, they were poor. They were, back then, if you became a Christian, they, could, they would strip you of everything. Abounded in the riches of their liberality. Still through all this, the grace of God came upon them and they were liberal with everything. For I bear witness that according to their ability, yes, and beyond their ability, they were freely willing, imploring us with much urgency that we would receive the gift and the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. In other words, there's a prophecy that comes out in Acts, and it talks about a famine's going to be in Jerusalem. And the apostles agree to begin to take up offerings for the brethren in Jerusalem who are going to go through this famine. This is apostolic wisdom, which we don't have a lot of today. And not only as we hoped, but they first gave themselves to the Lord and then to us by the will of God. You know what? I'm going to just say this to some people. You might have fathers. You might have leaders of your congregation. You haven't given yourself to their to them. In other words, give yourself to their vision. If you don't agree with the vision, then I don't know what to tell you. I, I you know, if their vision is to oppress women, I wouldn't be there, right? I mean, I can't give myself that, but let's just assume that the vision is godly, it's from God. You have to give yourself to it. You don't just give yourself to the Lord, you give yourself to the leaders. This is really tough for people. And but I did this. I did this when I was at New Life. I did this when I was with Randy. I gave myself to them. By the way, when I go serve other people, whether it be Todd, whether it be whoever I'm serving, I give myself to them in that moment. And it's, it doesn't humble me because I'm already, I, 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 that doesn't bother me. It doesn't hurt my identity. Now, if it's abused, then that's an issue. Okay? So we urge Titus that he had begun so that he would also complete this grace in you as well. Let's go back and read this. I want to read this again. It just came to me to say this again. Not only as we hope, but they first gave themselves to the Lord and then to us. But listen, by the will of God. It was the will of God for them to give themselves to Paul, to give themselves to Peter, to give themselves to James and John and Jude and all these guys. It was upon them to do that. 
But as you abound in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all diligence, in your love for us, see that you abound in this grace also. In other words, you're not abounding in it. You're not. We want to see this. I speak not by commandment, but I am testing the sincerity of your love by the diligence of your hearts. Now, you say you love us. You say you love God. You say, okay, back it up. Back it up. Okay? I Look, at I read this when I was a Christian. I wasn't in ministry. And I patterned my whole life. I, I love the ministers. I did. And I love, I, I love the saints. Look, me and my wife have done stuff for people that God knows. Okay, God knows the sacrifices that we have made and joyfully made them. For the first 10 years we had this house, someone lived in our house rent-free. And there were several people that we took in and took care of. We have always, maybe too often, put others first than our own well-being. Because we love people. And I, I know this, that I pray that I have treasures in heaven so abundant, so full, it's beyond anything I can compare with. Anything I can compare myself with. That's my hope. All right. I speak not by commandment, but I am testing the sincerity of your love by the diligence of your heart. In other words, you say you love me, honey. You say you love me. You haven't shown it in a while. And this is what Jesus is talking about. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich in heaven, full of everything, yet for your sakes he became poor, came down here to the earth, which was certainly less than in heaven, that you through his poverty might become rich. Now, Jesus wasn't rich, rich down here, but he wasn't poor, poor down here. I mean, Jesus' father was a carpenter. Jesus was a craftsman, you know, and they worked and they, they, they made money. They were fine. Okay. And in this, I give advice. It is to your advantage not only to be doing what you began and were desiring to do a year ago, which they said, they probably said, hey, we're going to give too. But now you also must complete the doing of it. That as there was a readiness to desire it, so there also may be a completion of what you have. For if there is first a willing mind, it is accepted according to, to what one has. And not according to what one does not have. In other words, God's not asking you to give something you don't have. That's, that, he doesn't ask that. You don't have to say, God, if I hit the lottery, I'd give you a million dollars. You don't have a million dollars, don't even worry about that. Be faithful with what you have in your hand. For I do not mean that others should be eased and you burdened, but by, by equality, that now at this time your abundance may supply their lack, that their abundance also may supply your lack, that there may be equality. In other words, they help you in your time of need. You need to help them in time. So it's not just one person doing it all. You know, the, 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 worst, the worst thing I've seen, you know, as a pastor, you have people always wanting money. You just do. They come to your door. When you have a building, it's just what happens. 
They come to your door knocking all the time. They want to literally have you, you know, all the time. And I would see this circle of people. But, you know, I gave out my own pocket for that, but we have benevolence in our church. We'll give if someone's really in need. But it's amazing how, I'm going to give you two instances. I had one woman, she had, uh, I cast out 11 demons out of her. She got so delivered. She's, such a, she's just daughter in the Lord now. I love her to death. I uh, loved her when I saw her because she was God's child. She was oppressed and she was possessed and we did a long deliverance. And she gave and gave and gave and she, she said, Pastor, I'm having trouble paying my bill this month. My electric bill. I said, how much is your electric bill? And she told me. I went and I got her the cash and gave it to her. I, you know, we gave her benevolence. I had no problem with that. You know why? Because I could look at her giving. I could look at that she was always one willing to help other people. But then I had this cup, this one girl with three kids, and she decides to take the whole summer off so she can go to the beach with her kids. Literally took the whole summer off. From May, she took June, July, and now here comes August. And guess what? Her electric bill is two months behind, and they're going to shut off her power at her house, and she owes like $500 to keep it on. And she calls me up and says, "We, I need help paying. I said, What's been going on? Well, you know, I haven't worked all summer. So why not? Well, I want to spend time with the kids. So I quit my job. So I, I said, you quit your job. So you can spend the summer with your kids instead of keeping the lights on for your kids. And this wasn't the first time they did crazy stuff like this. And I said, I can't help you. You're going to have to find another way. She says, why not? I said, because my wife worked all summer and didn't spend it with her kids. I worked all summer and didn't spend it with the kids. So you could have a three-month vacation? I said, that's just insane. That's just insane. And I'm not going to help that. That's just bad behavior. And I'm not, I mean, it's not, you're in a crisis of your own making through slothfulness. Not because you're persecuted or anything. But so, so her and her ex-husband had to find a way, and they did. They had a brother-in-law or something paid for it, but the church wasn't going to. You can't be irresponsible and still expect the church to bail you out. That's the goal of that, okay? So let's, let's go a little farther. I want you to understand that. So there's times where you have to say no. There's times you just can't do it. You, you, when, you're, when you have a building, they would come by in an eight-week cycle, and I, I remember them. I remember exactly their last tale they came by, and they'd go, uh, my wife, it's always this, my wife lost her job two weeks ago, and she's not going to get unemployment for six more weeks, and we need help. I said, you know what? Really, she lost her job two weeks ago? Because eight weeks ago, you told me she lost her job two weeks ago. And they would get shocked because they, they just don't, they literally go into hundreds of churches. They do this every day. They just go around from church to church, and they don't care if they get 15 here, 20 here. They don't care. In the end of the day, they got $200, and all they did was have to drive around. But they do it every day. And so you have to have some discernment in that. That's true. And so there are times, like I, I've watched guys, you know, on the side of the street. I, this is one guy, literally every time I go have coffee with Margaret on Thursdays, He's standing out there with a sign, except I got there really early 
See, he only stands out there during the lunch rush into Chick-fil-A because they're all Christians. Meanwhile, before that, he's on his laptop at Starbucks. He's been out there literally for a year, if not longer. If not longer. And it's a scam. Go get a job. There are so many available jobs right now. So, look at so many available jobs, right? The market's going to bounce back, and all these people are going to have to go back to work eventually. That's what's going to happen, okay? Your unemployment's running out since COVID. Two years is coming up. That's all you get. It's running out, and people are starting to go back to work. There's going to be this big boom of economic employment. That's what happens when you get them off unemployment. It's going to happen. It's eventually going to pop, okay? Because it's not that the economy is so bad is that we've enacted policy that's kept people from going to work like unemployment at $900 a week this was ridiculous all right just saying all right not my rant sorry about that and this I give advice it is to your advantage not only to be doing what you began and we're uh, and we're desiring to do a year ago but now that you also must complete the doing of it that as there was readiness to desire it, so there also may be completion of what you have. For if there is first a willing mind, it is accepted according to what one has and not according to what he does not have. For I do not mean that others should be eased and you burden, but by equality that now at this time in your abundance may supply their lack, that their abundance also may supply your lack, that there may be equality. As it is written, he who gathers much has nothing left over, and he who gathered little had no lack. That's what that scripture is saying. Look, if we were a really Christian community, no one would be lacking. It doesn't mean the millionaires give all their money away and go work. And give up. People who believe that way, God doesn't trust you with that kind of money. Okay, but it means that there should be no lack. But it doesn't mean there should be no work. That's the difference of welfare. It doesn't mean you get to sit home and watch your TV in your government housing, your government, you know, you know, housing, your government subsidies, all that. That the, your your cell phone bill is so big because on that is taxed to give free cell phones to other people. That's just wrong. They don't need a cell phone. Put a landline in their house. They don't need a cell phone. Seriously, put a landline in there. They don't need a cell phone. You know what I'm saying? But we don't do that because we think that's equality. It's not equality. They're not working. They're never, if you're on welfare for 40 years, you've never added into the system. Okay? So that's not what it's talking about here. Okay? He's not talking about this. But thanks be to God who puts the same earnest care for you into the heart of Titus. In other words, Titus cares for you. For he not only accepted exhortation, but being more diligent, he went to you on his own accord. And we must, we, and we have sent with him the brother whose praise is in the gospel throughout all the churches. And not only that, but who was also chosen by the churches to travel with us with this gift, which is administered by us to the glory of the Lord himself, and to show your ready mind, avoiding this, that anyone should blame us in this lavish gift, which is administered by us, providing honorable things, not only in the sight of the Lord, but also in the sight of men. And we have sent with them our brother, who we have often proved diligent in many things, but now much more diligent because of the great confidence which we have in you. And, any, and anyone inquires about Titus, he is my partner and fellow worker concerning you. 
or if our brethren are inquired about, they are messengers of the churches, the glory of Christ. Therefore show to them, and before all before the churches the proof of your love and our boasting on your behalf. In other words, prove it. I want you to see that sometimes, see, that's what we call it a love offering. Prove it. This is what Paul's actually saying. Prove it. You say you love it. Let's see the proof of it. He's not challenging like this. Let's see the proof of it. He's saying, brothers, now do what you said so it proves the fact that you said you loved us all along. I think that because we have, this is what we've done with finances. We made finances all about us. Our giving is all about us, what we're going to get from it. So once we're satisfied, we don't give. Your giving's not about you. That's the reward for being faithful, which we'll get into next week. But that's not the motive of it. When that becomes the motive of our giving, we have moved from love to faith only, and it will not profit us. We will die. We might die wealthy, but we're not going to be wealthy in heaven. We're not going to have done what is pleasing in his sight. And that's the truth of the gospel. Amen. I hope this really helps you. Now, I'm going to give you an opportunity to give if you want. Go to lewisdcn.com. Okay, and you can just go on there and you can see it says uh, donate and it's got all these ways you can give. Or if you're on the Gate Church app and you want to just give something down below, there's a little uh, there's a give icon on the bottom. You have to go back to the home page, click on that give. And when you go into the giving, you could scroll down to say general. You can click that down to be Lewis DC if you want to. So to me or so to the church. And that's fine, too. Either way is fine. You want to give, give, but prove the love. That's what Paul's saying. See, we're, 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 we're trying to come up with, wait, we're just not, I don't feel the church has moved into it right. Church is only what they can get. A lot of Christians, what can I get out of it? No, love doesn't think of itself. Love is thinking of the other person. I hope this helps you. I hope it frees you up in your giving. Uh, it doesn't mean we don't tithe. Remember, we go from obedience to love. Okay, but we, we doesn't mean we'd stop giving. We just start learning how to bring that love forth. When I when I think, by the way, when I think of people, I'll go on their websites and I'll sow a little something sometimes. I was thinking of someone the other day and I texted him and sent him and his wife $100 to go out to dinner. I do this a lot. I'm not, I, the reason I'm only saying that, because I don't want to sound like, I want you to know that this is something I practice, not something I preach. I literally only preach what I practice. So I hope that blesses you. You have a great day. Bye bye.